It is episode number 93 today. I was just thinking, wow, we're almost at 100 episodes. Uh, This one's a special one with Abigail Fisher. She is a sound practitioner or a holistic sound practitioner, and she'll be on in a moment. She's one of our featured healers of the week in our Circle for Healers at Nomad, and she shares her journey of transitioning from the classical opera world to being a beautiful healing arts practitioner. So she'll be here in a moment. And we performed together last night live in the flesh uh, at a, a one of our friends, Gisela Strohmeyer, who's been on this podcast, sharing her poems. We, we each performed to a poem or a couple of poems. Uh, there was dancing and singing and and theatrical ways of interpreting her poems. It was really special at this space called Rail Trail Cafe up in New Paltz. So we're going to do it again, and I will definitely keep you posted. Uh, so Abigail will be up here in just a moment sharing again her journey. A couple more things happening at Nomadland. Um, we have only one more officially. I don't even know if it's if it is available, but we have, because there's some things in the works, but we have officially one spot left open for who are we becoming. This is this journey that we go on. I go with you privately. We work one-on-one with sessions on diving into your obstacles, your past, maybe traumas, if that's what you want to unpack, but things that are keeping you from living in your life here fully present. And, and then we come together in a group each week and hold space for one of the, our members of the group and we celebrate their story and their lives and encourage them to move forward. It's a really special way of integrating this movement practice of mine, Movement 109, and other somatic practices to feel grounded in your body and embody your life. Uh, so that's that's happening again. One more spot is is available. But if you're interested in this, reach out to us. Join the mailing list or um, or the the waiting list because we will do this again. And it is a very small, intimate group, and we do it somewhat invite only. So if you're interested, get on our waiting list and let us know, and we will keep you in the loop for the next one. And what else is happening is this movement practice that I've been offering for a couple of years now, Movement 109, I am doing a second round of the facilitator training. So if you are a healer, a yoga teacher, a body worker, a therapist who is looking for more tools for your in your toolbox to help others embody the, their bodies and their lives, uh, this might be the training for you. I, I think it is. <laughs> so you can join us and that's starting. We're just moving it a week later because of some scheduling things with some of the members who have already joined. Uh, we're starting that October 7th. So those are two things happening in Nomadland. Again, we're still letting you all know about our, our new uh, members of our Nomad community, these beautiful healers each week through the podcast. And what else? I think that's it. If you haven't joined our mailing list and you want to keep up to date, join our mailing list. Go over to nomadalwaysathome.com. Find out about what's happening here now and stay in the loop of what is happening in our community because there's a lot of great things that are 
on the horizon, including my daily OM offering at their website. It'll be a seven day course. And yeah, and, and keep you in the loop of all the other exciting things that are happening. So for now, let's go ahead and sit with Abigail. Here we are with Abigail. So I'm really excited. It's kind of a funny situation, but we're on Zoom, but we're about to be together in person in, a, in like two hours. We'll be performing together. So that's really exciting. So welcome to Zoom land and to the podcast. Thank you. Yeah. And here. Yeah. And we've only met in person once before, um, but we, we connected earlier this year, right before everything happened with COVID. Um, we're in the midst of it, maybe, because I know I was in Bali and you found me on Facebook and, right? Yeah, I think Amy Susie had invited me to one of your, um, the regular meditations that you were doing right when COVID started. Yeah. And, then, and we connected and I just so resonated with, um, with the kind of space that you were holding mm -hmm. and the way that you brought everybody in to have this group experience with the, um, with the Oracle cards and the way that you use your meditations to focus in and, and really have this, you create such a great space where anything is possible, you know, where each person can be can find their own truth within the space that you create. So I felt really so held, you know, in such an uncertain time, mm -hmm. you know, I needed that. So I needed, I needed like a spiritual um, space to be able to do, to just be and to allow that, um, that uncertainty to, to feel safe. Yeah. You know, and, and then you created that shortly after you create, I did the six week program that you were doing. Um, who are you becoming? Who are you yeah. becoming? And I wrote a song about it. And each week I was just like oh. continually going deeper into all those, um, the, the topics that you were bringing up in each week, you know? And, um, and I was right. Yeah. I was writing songs and I wrote a poem one week. Did um, I, I don't know if I know this. Did you? Yeah. You might've oh, mentioned it, but I don't know if you like performed it. We have to have like a performance of this. Yeah. I, I wrote a poem about, um, the week that it was about the father. Mm -hmm. That was a happy week for you. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not just, uh, dad, if you're listening, not just for, uh, you know, <laughs> father literally, but just like father as in the, you know, yeah. the patriarchy. Um, and there's so much to unpack there, especially mm -hmm. as we live in such a patriarchal, um, imbalanced patriarchy. Yeah. Um, and then, and then we did this global festival together and I was so honored to be the only sound practitioner on it. Yeah. <laughs> Which was so great. And I loved being part of that. You create such a beautiful community. So that's, that's really important. It's really important for me. And so I'm, I'm so glad to be a part of this, also this healing circle, that circle of healers that, that you have now and, and looking forward to, you know, seeing how we can grow together and collaborate and, you know, create community together. I'm yeah. so, so happy to I, be here. I know, I'm really, I'm really grateful for our connection too. And, and it's just another kind of gift, a little gift in the month among all of this chaos that has been, 
unfolding the past six months of these these types of connections. So yeah, thank you for for being here and reaching out. And I get to, we get to unfold the story of Abigail today. Indeed. Yeah. So the I mean I know a bit more, but I'm gonna just kind of ask questions that maybe I know some, but I know everybody else doesn't. So you were an opera singer. Yes. And yeah, I mean, technically, there's still a possibility for me to sing opera, you know, like, okay. who knows? Um, but, but I really felt like, um, you know, when Corona hit, especially, um, you know, that um, in the tarot cards, there's, they're like, they're, when you get the two, there's like a balance. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I was much more balanced within the opera world, within the classical world. And I'm, I was a trained, I came from a a very, um, you know, classical music household. And I was raised on like these, these giants of, you know, Beethoven and Bartok and, and Bach and Brahms. And this was just like, you know, like water for me when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. and, and then I grew up as a cellist and then I became a singer. And then um, through being a singer, I learned all these different modalities as a method of what I thought was like to, to become a better singer. Okay. And then I started to see, and I'm going to come back to what I was talking about in a second, but I'm going to, I started to see that I was um, sort of existing on um, outside in, you know, like I was, I was allowing myself to believe that I was what I thought others were seeing of me, mm. you know, and I was, I was wanting to sort of pushing myself outwards to try to see the, what I wanted others to see in myself, mm. you know, and I, and opera creates this funny like cycle where they, they tell you, Oh, if you get a certain checks on your resume, you do the, your young arts program, which is kind of like an um, apprenticeship for, becoming, you know, an actual uh, principal artist on stage, um, that you, that, you know, you'll, you'll be su successful. And I started to get a couple of years ago, I started to get uh, this intuition, like inside out, inside out, you need this, you need this, you, you need to be primary inside. You need to be comfortable inside of yourself in order for the outside stuff mm -hmm. to work, <laughs> yeah, you know? Oh, and, and like, I actually, um, I had been getting that in that, you know, wisdom, but I hadn't really been listening, you know, and like the lessons keep coming louder and louder and louder until you actually yeah. listen. Right. Yeah. <laughs> always like that. So like, I was trying to remember before I talked to you, like, when was it? that I first started to get that lesson. It was really in 2007 um, when I was doing a, um, I moved into to New York in 2004 and I immediately started doing the, um, the contemporary music because it was really easy for me because I grew up with this sort of you know, all these crazy music, like in order to hang out with dad, I had to like sit in the, the rehearsal hall with his string quartet that like professionally toured around the world, um, playing crazy new music, mm -hmm. as well as Beethoven and Brahms and all that. 
but so it was super easy for me. So I just, you know, I played it as a cello, as a cellist. And then I, you know, naturally started doing all this crazy new music. And so I moved to New York in 2004 and I did all this crazy new music stuff. Um, and then in 2007, it was so crazy, like this one piece, which might've been fine for somebody else. It like made me not be able to sing. Mm. And so I was like, I just stopped singing. And that was somehow an instigation for me to begin meditating. (laughs) Okay. And luckily at the time I was studying with a amazing voice teacher who was very much into meditation and she was teaching meditation at Aspen school of music where I studied with her and, um, and also back in New York city. And, um, and she was really the first person to be like, okay, slow down, look inside yourself. What's true inside. Mm-hmm. Not like, oh, everybody else says like, oh, this is easy for you though. This, you should sing this, you know, contemporary music. You should do this. You should do this. Um, and sort of chasing that, yeah. you know, or chasing the ball, like, like a cat or chasing like the feather, you know, like, oh, okay, I'm going to play with this. Yeah. Um, and, and so there was one, I just stopped singing. And the only time that I would sing at that time was when I would go to Kirtan, like I would do meditation and then I was sort of exploring different meditation practices. I was going to SRF self-realization fellowship, which is the um, practice practices that are taught by Paramahansa Yogananda. Mm-hmm. If you're familiar with um, autobiography of a yogi. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, um, and then I was also sort of exploring, like I would love to go to the, um, you know, the bhakti, the bhakti yoga people, the um, Hare Krishnas, and I would go dancing around and, and I felt so free um, there. And I felt like I wanted to sing there, mm. you know, and then so eventually ended up like going back to singing, but only after a few months. And then I felt like a little bit cautious, like, okay, what do I really want to get myself back into? Yeah. And then like what we've talked about a lot, it was sort of like this spiral, you know, that I would get, I would go a little bit too far and then I would come back and then, okay, I got out of my meditation practice. Okay. Like I need to get back into the core, but you know, fast forward to like 2018, I had gotten too far into that outside in again, you know, like it was, it's just a recurring pattern for me. And I had established myself very much as a classical singer um, of all different kinds. Like, yes, doing a lot of um, crazy contemporary stuff um, and also some opera, a lot of contemporary opera, some Baroque opera, Baroque style opera. And I, you know, which I love because I know you're a dancer. Like it's very much based on the dance rhythms, the dance, the the dances of the suites, different dance, um, you know, leaning into the rhythms and sort of feeling it organically. And I, I really love that. And um, I still love that. Um, and so I, I started to see that money and fame and sort of proof of being successful in the outer world is what I was seeking. I was seeking the material proof that I was worthy mm-hmm. as opposed to 
finding it within myself. Yeah. And I know this is such a huge issue for so many of us, for so many women, especially. And I've started to feel like it's, it, it has to do with this unbalanced patriarchy, mm-hmm. you know, that, that we've lived in. And, and like, for example, and it's not that I won't sing classical music again, because I would actually love to if it's soul aligned. Okay. You know, and, um, but that it has to be switched from the outside in. It has to be switched from the inside out. It has to align so that on the deepest level of your core, and you know, this is perfectly aligned with the mm-hmm. cave, what you're talking about mm-hmm. each week, you still continue to do these beautiful yeah. meditations on Monday, um, where you pull an Oracle card and, that cave meditation was so beautiful. I so resonated with that because it's like, how, how can you go to the deepest element of the cave and find that gem or whatever is true that lights you up from the, the deepest, most depth of your being. Deepest dark, deepest depth. Yeah. That is what needs to radiate out, but you have to find that. Yeah. You know, and then that, and then when you, so that when you're running around with your, you know, like a chicken with his head cut off, and you don't have that, you don't know that, you don't have a regular practice of that, Yeah. you will feel so completely drained. Yeah. Can we, can we talk a little bit about what the outside in looks like you touched on for, you know, the, the, in terms of what success is, the money, the, the, like this, the status of who you are, but you know, um, can you paint a picture for somebody who isn't in the arts? Like I, I kind of know in terms of the dance world, the outside in is too of like going to this audition and this audition, and they're not even really aligned with what I want to do, but it's just that, oh, I want to get my SAG card or I need to get this on my resume and I need to get this so that I can pay my rent or whatever. And can you speak to that on your side of things? If, if it looks similar, or if there's other elements to it for somebody who hasn't lived the life of the artist as you have. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is very much aligned with that. Like they say, you know, like certain levels of success are very much like reflected in the kind of, let's say status of the agent that you get. First of all, getting an agent, of course, and you have to do an audition for that. Yeah. Usually, I mean, ideally, um, they'll see you in a performance, which is the point, but you know, I was, I've always been a really, uh, com- very comfortable in performance, but not in audition. And, mm-hmm. uh, and in order to get a lot of the performances, um, as a freelancer, you know, I'm com- completely self-employed, a freelancer. Yeah. You have to often audition. So it creates a very different energy yes. when you're going into an audition and you're like, okay, I'm going to sing, you know, whatever you're going to sing. I hope they like me. Yeah. Like me, you know, like I, oh, I I hope they, I hope they hire me. Yeah. You you know, like what's, I hope my hair looks good today. Yeah. Or, or, or if you haven't had that much success with auditions, which I never did. Yeah. It's like, what are they, what are they not going to like about me? Yeah. And that is a totally different energy. Yes, it they're is. putting out out there, or like, I hope they're gonna accept me. Oh, if they knew that I used to sing mezzo and now I sing soprano repertoire, you know, yeah. like when I used to sing more low, now I sing 
like all over, you know, and, and I just want to sing with my free voice. I just want to be myself, you know, and then that, that is what has, you know, gotten people to respond in performance, Mm -hmm. but in an audition, it's like soul shrinking, Mm -hmm. you know? So if you're constantly having to get hired, um, and by doing audition, you know, you really have to learn how to infuse the the energy of a performance into your audition yeah well so, and it's really like you said that inside out that's when you really have to tap into that inside out because i mean i don't know for you but i mean for dance auditions there would be 200 girls that looked just like me and probably had the same amount of talent and it was just felt like the luck of the straw but there was always something that you could tell the people that were kept for the majority of it there was something that was inside that that you couldn't put your finger on right um yeah or it's just like confidence like there are definitely like um what i've noticed for example like people that go to juilliard um like we would say we would like to joke because i didn't go to juilliard Oh, they got the J stamp, you know, or like, (laughs) because if there's anything that you get from Juilliard, you, you get confidence. Yeah. That's a really like, you're like, I went to Juilliard. I went to the top music school in the country. I am going to get hired. Yeah. You know, and that, if that's what you're believing, that's really just an an energetic. So it's an, it's an energy. Yeah, it is. And if that, if that's what you're putting out there on the audition, you are either going to get hired or regardless of how you're singing. Not, not regardless, but you're, first of all, you're going to sing better Yeah. because you're confident. And if you don't get hired, you're going to be like, well, that was, that was their, their, you know, their mistake. They should have hired me and and I'm not going to take it personally. Yeah. So, but you know, as a sensitive person, um, and a person that has always been really aware of all the elements and have always wanted to be aware of something much larger than myself. Um, I obviously have tried that, but I haven't always been successful. Um, And, you know, I've tried lots of different kinds of things. And I know some people that just say they don't audition. And I I really, really respect that. Um, It's hard. It's hard to do that because if you know something, an audition is coming up for, like an opera that you really wanted to sing but you don't know that role and somebody is asking you to prepare the the role yeah like which takes a really long time it can take three years to learn a role or they're asking you to um prepare like an aria from that um that might take a year to feel really good and embodied fully embodied Mm -hmm. not just like you're like reading it like intellectually but fully embodied because you're as a singer your your body is your um is your instrument just like being a dancer right so Mm -hmm. how do you embody that in an original like authentic way um how can you compete (laughs) you know if somebody calls you a week before an audition with somebody that has already performed that role yeah you know so it's, there are lots of, that's just one window into um, the complexities of that. But yeah, so just to like go a little deeper with what you were asking about um, other sort of proof that you get, uh, you you know, as an outside in kind of thing um, would be 
to get a better agent, to get more money, to be working consistently because there are um, too many opera singers. Um, the the industry is overflowing with with uh, opera singers now. There are too many opera singers for the roles that are needed. So there's a lot of competition. Um, and and so being able to line up your schedule consistently with like an opera a month, which is really, or an opera every other month um, throughout the year consistently requires a lot of schmoozing, a lot of mm -hmm. like working the, the game, um, which if you're winning the game, it's, it's, it's fun, right? If yeah. you are like, this is literally what some people call it. So that's why yeah. it's like, ugh. then it starts to make it feel gross, you know? Yeah. If, if you're, if you, um, if you're not winning the game, quote, winning the game, <laughs> then obviously it sucks, you know? So it's like pretty much any perspective on in life in general, like, um, it's all about perspective and, um, and, you know, like when Corona hit, like I was, I was sort of reflecting on what I did have in terms of, and I had, I had a really beautiful lineup of, um, because this, by this point when Corona hit, I had been finding a really good balance of the, um, meditation, sound meditation work that I'd been doing and, um, and the opera stuff, but it was still the opera stuff in terms of the money that I made was still much more primary. And, um, I don't think that, I think people would still call me an opera singer, you know? Um, and I didn't have a website for Abigom and like, uh, you know, for any of my sound stuff. Um, and, but I was, I was, uh, I was so relieved because even though I had like a good balance of, um, you know, I had been lining up some sound meditations that I was offering local community um, when I was able to, you know, in between my gigs. And I, I had spaced out my gigs so that I could really um, focus on them and that they felt pretty soul aligned. Um, and but I was still getting this message inside out, inside out, inside out. Mm -hmm. I had worked so hard to get the money that I felt was comp compensating me in a way that was, uh, made me feel uh, like it was somehow reflective of the amount of work that I would, the amount of work and the energy that I would put in mm -hmm. for it. Um, and also obviously factoring in like, okay, that's a smaller organization, so they can afford less. And like, that's a bigger organization, they can afford more, that kind of thing. Um, but I got a little lost in that. Yeah. You know, that like, okay, so if you're, if you're really like trying to figure that out, like you're putting energy to try to figure that out when I guess like figure that out is very like left brain. <laughs> It's, yeah. very, it's very it's like okay it's from a place of separation yeah you know it's it's like okay how how worthy am i <laughs> yeah. for that well i'm well i'm really i'm really i'm good i'm good at this i deserve this much 
you know, and then it's like, oh, it's like, and I know that the whole, the spiritual community and the holistic community has another problem with that too. Like, you know, sometimes we operate out of a very place of lack also. Yeah. Um, but it's like, if you, you can really get caught in that. And that's another like, um, level of like what I was talking about, like proof of like being successful is like, well, how am I going to be able to pay my bills for the next month or two while I'm working on this project? Yeah. You know, um, and then, and then how much is that giving you a sense of being enough within yourself? Yeah. And, and the truth is, is like, I was entirely, I was still, even though I was like working, working on this like levels spiritually, I was still sort of like comforting myself saying like, you're worth it. You know, it's, it's good. It's like, you're, you know, you worked hard to get the money for this project that you deserve. Um, and and then, but then there's this like, there's this bitterness that starts to build up like slowly if there's a question whether it's true. Mm. If there's, so if you need enough money, for example, yeah, in order for you to feel like you're enough, yeah, that's a problem. There's something deeper there that needs to be worked out, you know? Yeah. Um, and so like then when Corona hit, I was like, oh, these are all the gigs that I worked really hard to get gone, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I was, and you'd think I'd be like devastated, right? Like, oh, I worked so hard to get like this money and to get these jobs that I'm really proud of. And, but actually I was relieved. I was relieved because I could have that time to breathe and to say, okay, now you can actually do the work that you, you have been needing to do for a long time. Yeah, well, you just listed all of the things of the money and the working hard for it, but you didn't actually say anything about joy of exciting excitement about the role that you're playing. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, so then the results of that is like, actually, you can come from a place of joy, regardless of like that pretty much it's like, you need to come from a place of from a place of joy with whatever you do and if you aren't going to be able to come from a place of joy don't do it yeah regardless of how much money you're getting paid and regardless of you know and it's you can just once you start going down that rabbit hole of doing things for money as an artist you know i, I everybody comes from a different perspective in this way yeah. but um if you're going to be an artist and you're going to do things for money, you need to seriously evaluate why you're an artist. Yeah. I mean, and then if you're, you know, if you have built up enough trust within the industry where people are like, or where, within yourself where you're like, okay, I'm only gonna, um, you know, do things for this amount of money. Like that's fine, but you still need to do it from joy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you really, there's, the only thing that's worth anything in this life at all, like what, regardless of whether you're an artist or not, is to do things from joy because you can yeah. always find a job that is going to pay you for doing joy. Yeah, absolutely. Period. Yeah, there's, there's a balance in that. You know, sometimes, you know, I have friends who are in the kind of nine to five world, corporate world where they don't love their job, but they know that they can clock in, clock out nine to five, 
They're, it's not torture, but then they have freedom. They're done. They can do all their hobbies or they can have a side business or they have their families or whatever. They have like a whole other world. And, and so they get to find joy there. So even though it's like this nine to five job, it's an isolated time and space that will pay their bills, but that'll get, you know, fulfill them in other ways. But for, yeah, it's hard for artists or freelancers in general, right? So we're going to put arts or the healing arts in there, especially because there is this weird dynamic in terms of value of your, your talent, your time, your, your energy. Um, and, and we don't clock out, right? We never clock out, even though you have a gig, like you said, maybe you're hired for a month at a time, but you, you just said you had, you do years potentially of research of, to embody this role that you're playing or, you know, or you're already auditioning for the next gig. There's just never like, Oh, I'm working this month and that's all I'm doing. <laughs> and, you know, there's so many other moving parts that are happening at all the same time, or I'm going to have this month off where you're auditioning or you're rehearsing or you're researching on a part or, you know, training in some way. It's, yeah, it's, it's hard to put a, a number on that. And also, uh, um, value or, uh, what would I want to say? Like measure the joy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, this, this month I've been also working for the census, which is kind of like a job job. Um, Yeah. yeah, And, and I was, I started to notice because we all have, um, you know, I'm, I've always been very multifaceted and always interested. I was interested. I was also doing urban studies and architecture, you know, an undergrad. And I tried really hard not to be a musician that clearly did not work out. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, uh, I always had lots of different interests and I started noticing that, um, as I got better at my job, my job job at the census that I started to enjoy it more as I got mm-hmm. better at it. Right. Yeah. And I, and I was like, oh, actually, this is kind of fun because I, I could see that I was getting better mm-hmm. and that I was really like doing the job well. Yeah. I was doing the job well. And then I could, I was sort of rewarding myself with like a little pat on the back, like, oh, yeah, I'm like, I'm doing this. I'm helping. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actually doing something. I'm doing it better. I'm helping. I'm doing my job well. Um, I'm doing it quickly and well. You know, and, and all of these realizations were like kind of boosting up my joy. So I could like, you know, this beautiful, um, who was it that was saying like joy only resides in the present moment. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so that like, I think you can do anything and it's just that daily mindfulness practice of, you know, that presence is allowing you to <laughs> just feel joy like right now with whatever that you're doing. Yeah. Um, and, and I do think it starts to get, you know, you can, sometimes I was feeling the nagging feeling like I should really be doing us. Like I really should be doing a sound meditation right now, (laughs) (laughs) you know, or like singing, like, or writing my own soul centered songs about like my experiences in meditation and my realizations and, you know, um, like how to be in the present moment, (laughs) like the, the text that I've been writing myself on, uh, my own journey, like towards finding joy in the present moment, you know, like, so there is that nagging feeling, but it is, 
but it can also like, and I'm so grateful to have, you know, I applied for the census actually in February because I was needing a little bit of extra buffer before the pandemic. Okay. Right. Um, and then they didn't call me till June because <laughs> of, of the pandemic was like totally delayed everything and everybody was, you know, they probably Not just had to count I can't imagine how much work that took. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, they called me and I, I am grateful to have something, a way to make my, make my ends meet without having to do the streaming uh, sound meditation and the holistic programs that I've been creating. Um, because maybe it would just get me in the same loop. You know, it's all about perspective. Like, how can I see this as a gift um, to be able to really begin my my business, like as a you know holistic sound practitioner, in a really authentic way. That's not at all outside in. You know, that's that's really like everything that I create. Yes, they have su suggested donations or like specific amounts you know, um, for each offering, but it is, but I'm not only doing it, <laughs> you know, for the outside in, mm -hmm. uh, you know, pattern, like it's, it really, so like I can, it, what I'm grateful for so much with the census thing is that I can work as much as I want to. So if we need a little bit more money, I just work more. Yeah. But I also don't, if I, if I say like this week we were we're finishing up abigom.com. I'm so excited. Nice. Um, so that it will hopefully be put out um, next week so that you can buy your tickets for the next sound meditation. The long, I'm going to do a long form sound meditation. I'm really so excited um, oh. on the website. Nice. Um, but that, and that I didn't like even get that. That didn't like resonate uh, fully until a couple days ago. So that that was what needed to happen. But that the census has provided me with, a, you know, an ability to um, take a little bit of a break. And from I was doing a when I when the Corona hit, I was doing um, weekly sound meditations. And then because of that, it was a shorter form. Yeah, but I just kept on feeling like I really want to go deeper. I want to go deeper. I want to, mm -hmm. you know, and then I, I created a 21 day challenge um that both had short am practices and short pm practices the am were more like warm-ups like qigong and dan yoga and um kundalini chakra awakening exercises um bija mantras to connect in your um in your intuition with the different chakras and then the pm practice was um is or <laughs> you can still buy it um the like sound meditation more like internal um looking uh to really calm the mind, slow down the mind, you know, um, slow down the body, um, and go into restorative mode, you know, but, but, um, yeah. So I kept on getting this intuition, like you need to go deeper, like always. <laughs> so now I'm really, I'm excited to come back to the streaming sound and to be able to offer it on a longer form, two or three hour sound meditation forms that we can do, you know, um, 
the breath work at the beginning, the humming to, you know, get into the body. And then we go into a, a receptive sound experience, which is really like super deep. And I'm so excited for that. I'm so excited because like a lot of the people that have been starting to come to those short form sound meditations mm-hmm. were people that may have not been exposed to it at all before. Yeah. And they may be really, you know, sensitive to sound like musicians yeah. or people that love music, but not um, have been exposed to what sound meditation can do and like how to experience sound as like a deepening practice. Um, you know, it's really good for people that like are kind of like anti can't do meditation or they just, or they think they can't, you know, they, they feel like I can't sit for like an hour, like silent, like without, you know, my brain going crazy. So sound in that way is really sound meditation in that way is like, so, so good. (laughs) So helpful. Yeah. Sorry. I'm like talking a mile a minute. It's all good. I'm keeping track of things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was just listening. Well, I want to go back to joy being in the present moment. I really love that because I was just, as you were sharing that, it, it, it's so true. Joy is in the present moment. If we think about a joyful moment in the past, there's a little bit of the like mourning of it, right? Like that we don't have it anymore. And then if we yeah. think about joy, possibly in the future, oh, I'm looking forward. There's like, a, there's an attachment to the time of it. Yeah. But joy in the present, it really is. It's just that, that awe, that thing that takes your breath away, that you have to be in it to experience it. So I love that reminder. Thank you for that. Oh yeah. You know, I'm doing, um, and that's what some meditation is so good at that because you really can, it's a, that it's really is the direct practice of being present with sound Mm -hmm. in that moment. Um, I've been doing reading on Tantra and, um, he's so beautifully, the author of this sort of Tantra 101, in-depth 101 um, book is, he, he says the, um, you know, the looking back um, at things that you, you loved is like nostalgia, right? Mm-hmm. Or reverie. Looking back with things that you didn't like or negative memories are like guilt or regret right yeah looking forward with positivity like is fantasy Mm -hmm. and looking forward with negativity is worry or anxiety yeah you know and so that so much of what we're dealing with right now is looking forward with anxiety yes and so much and fear yeah and that's just paralyzing Mm -hmm. um and so yeah if you can learn to trust being here now Mm -hmm. then you can surrender to joy yes and so that kind of i that also brings us to what you were when you were speaking about the the more of the stability it sounds like that what i'm hearing is like the financial stability when you have something that's giving you financial stability it it seems like for you that the creativity can come, the joy of, of being in creation or connect, you know, connected to creation. It can, can feel like it comes to fruition, fruition within you a bit more, it, it sounds like for you. So I was just thinking when you were speaking of how, you know, that's the chakra system, right? If we don't have that strong foundation and stability, financial stability, 
you know, having a home, like physical structure, stability, just emotional, you know, family, you know, family support system, whatever it is that stability is, you know, needs to build on top of what the second chakra is, is that creation. That's where our creativity flows and where we we experience emotions like joy. So uh, it sounds like you're understanding that from the inside out now, rather than seeking out that stability through your creation, it almost sounds like you need to create stability somewhere else within yourself. And maybe it is financial stability, but so that you can, you can let that river of creativity flow more freely within you and experience the joy that's there. Yeah. And, and also having that, um, because when I don't ground myself in spiritual practice, um, you know, meditation is also extremely grounding. Yeah. And, and also, um, you know, I've, I've been running every day. Okay. So, you know, how do you do the, the physical practice that you need to sort of create, um, you know, flow, energy flow in your yeah. body? Like, is it running or is it yoga? Yeah. I always do some sort of physical practice in the morning that grounds me. And I usually, I try to do both, you know, meditation and physical practice, but if I to do, it's, you know, ideally they're both, but it's not always, not always possible, but definitely one of those, those are both grounding and yeah. that's that also the routine of doing that in the morning is grounding. Yeah. You know, these are all, yeah. I mean, it's like, there are so many levels that you, that you need of grounding in order to um, be able to really be an authentic creator. Mm-hmm. I, it's funny you were saying that because I just saw our mutual friend, Amy, we went for a hike today and I was, I was actually saying to her, even in the midst of all of this chaos that is happening all around us, I, uh, for some reason, I mean, I can go more into it in a moment, but I feel so much more grounded than I have ever. <laughs> and I think that it is, you know, the theme that you're saying is this outside in, inside out, is that we have been somewhat forced these six months, past six months, to get rid of the external, right? We can no longer go out and audition for those jobs. <laughs> we can, we can no, no longer rehearse for those jobs that you had, but it, it was like, okay, they're no longer here, which is scary, but it's now time to go within. So now you have a lot of time on your hands to do your running and to do your meditation that maybe you didn't always have time for in your previous life. Maybe you were like, I'll just squeeze in 15 minutes of meditation rather than like an hour or whatever it is for you. So it, it sounds like for you too, it sounds like you've been able to ground, like actually been able to go within and, and listen and, and figure out what is it that I need to feel grounded here. That's really beautiful. Yeah. Well, I'll just like insert a little, um, anecdote too, which is I went to a Vipassana meditation retreat, mm-hmm. my first one, um, 10 day and, uh, in February. Okay. And, um, at that time, actually we had, we were like very strapped for cash and, um, that's when I applied for the census. Um, you know, just cause it's like, you get this big check and then you pay off your, you know, you pay off your bills and then it's like, okay, here we go. Like when's the next one, <laughs> um, you know, like immediately. Um, and so I started to see that as I sat in meditation for, um, you know, the Vipassana meditations, you, you learn the technique over the 10 day 
Um, but then when you go back into real life, you sit for an hour and they, they suggest that you sit for an hour in the morning and an hour for the evening. And so I was really very conscious to make sure that I, I, re I really did that for about, you know, a couple months. Yeah. Um, and then it was sort of like, oh, okay, maybe like in the morning and then, you know, like what, <laughs> but what I learned is this same thing that we were talking about. Like and he keeps, the teacher kept on repeating, like, you know, observing it as it is, observing life, this is your reality as it is, like, yeah. and not wanting it to be, and this is the same thing we were talking about, not wanting it to be something else. Like yeah. he was saying, like, I would go into a household and ask the, the wife, like, are you happy? And, oh yeah, sure, I'm happy. I'm, are you happy with your husband? Oh, sure. I'm happy with him. If you would only change this one thing. <laughs> and then the husband, you ask the husband, is, are you happy with your wife? Oh yeah, sure. I'm, I'm happy with her. If she would just change this one thing. You know, and it's like, well, okay, reality, are you going to be happy with reality as it is right now? Yeah. Because you, you have no idea what's going to happen yeah. in, the next, in the next second. The only reality that we know is that change is going to come. Yeah. That's the only thing that we can actually be fully secure on. And if, if that makes you super anxious, you need, you know, that's something, that's an opportunity to look deeper into what that means for you, you know? And we're all experiencing that collectively. I mean, there is change that's going to be coming, but we don't have any idea what that is. And that, that's really scary because we do see a glimpse of the possibility of it not being so great. But that, I, I love that you found this, you were feeling called to do this 10 day retreat before, right before COVID because I, that sounds like that was a gift to you to prepare you for where we went. Oh my gosh. I was so yeah. like, what an amazing gift. I, yeah. I hadn't realized the depth of how much I was really basing my happiness on, on, on fantasy, on, mm -hmm. um, on, on like hoping sometime soon that I was going to get this thing that was going to, that was not within me already yeah. that was going to make me happy in the future. Yeah. Might um, make you happy in the future. I mean, that's the thing is if you don't know. Absolutely. But I, it was that belief that I thought it would. Yeah. We're all, so many of us, we're just, we're living in that, in that yeah. um, fantasy. Yeah. I definitely had that in, especially my days in New York city too, where I re I had so many inner conversations with myself of, Oh, everything's going to be good after this is over or when this happens. And it was like, if I just get through this, then blah, blah, blah. And I had this whole story and then I got get to that milestone. I was like, well, now I have to do this in order to get that. Yeah. And I, I remember catching myself and realizing that okay this is not healthy and it's just healthy. like a gerbil you know yeah it's this i call it the hamster wheel oh yeah you're spinning you're just spinning and spinning and, it, and and you never get out of it you know it's always just something's right in front of you and yeah but it is it's being okay with what is here now and it's quite interesting that you're finding this and i'm finding this too during this time of of a lot of uncertainty collectively but also within our own individual lives um 
just surrendering to, okay, here I am, I'm going to do the census. And, oh, wow, I didn't know that I'd have joy doing this census. <laughs> and now it's opening you up to other experiences for, oh. for your healing arts and for perform. We're going to perform together today. Yes. Yeah. You know, like in terms of joy, like I, like, um, you know, I've always, for the census, I've always enjoyed like meeting new people. So that's really like a kind of natural fit for me. Yeah. And then in terms of like joy in the present moment, like for performers, we're so familiar with that feeling after, after, um, well, both the joy, I'm not sure if everybody consistently feels, per, feels joy during performance. Yeah. Um, I, I can't really speak on that, but, um, because there are some times that I'm, that I'm sort of like in this heightened state and I'm, I may be nervous simultaneously with other things. Um, like, especially if it's a premiere, I may be nervous and like really focused and like also enjoying it. And, you know, like, and then, but then after the performance, mm -hmm. there's this feeling that you have given of yourself and, and then you, it's like, I am like spiritually fulfilled in this way that like, yeah, that I think a lot of performers feel like after having performed and it's sort of this heightened state of yeah. relief. <laughs> I, I, I have to continue that thought though, because I have somewhat the opposite where oh. once I step onto the stage, I have that sense of I, this is where I belong. Mm. And 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 then just after it yeah and it's not the validation of applause it's just like i have like you said i've given myself here i've been this you know energy this you know this vessel for the energy to flow through me uh, but then it's the day after where i go down i oh, have yeah yeah the yeah definitely I, the day the day after is like ugh. yeah let's talk about that because yeah, that is the, yeah, the performance blues. My mom would always say after I did a show, well, okay, what's, what are you auditioning for next? Like she, she oh. could see it settle, about to settle in. She's like, let's do something else, which I think turned into what I did in my life of let's find the next thing. Let's find the next thing. But uh, in a different, yeah. but yeah. Um, so I think, you know, I think that practice of presence is so helpful for mm -hmm. performers, you know, because I, I would always like, naturally really save up my energy before a performance at night or, or, you know, and then just really go like if my, you know, family would be visiting or whatever, and they would ask me, can we have lunch with you or dinner before, you know, sometimes it's okay. Yeah. You know, and sometimes it's not. So I would just really allow myself to use my intuition because my body would like literally sometimes make me stop talking and like go home. <laughs> okay. yeah. I'm going to go home, you know, yeah. and, just protect myself and then so I can allow my energy to open up mm -hmm. but then afterwards like it's okay it's okay to feel depressed mm -hmm. like it's okay to feel like your energy is down the next day like it's yeah. okay yeah if you haven't already listened to for you and anybody out there um Elizabeth Gilbert does an amazing TED talk about just this of uh of the genius this idea of the genius have you seen this one? No. But you read Big Magic, yeah? Uh, no, I read her, the um, Eat, Pray, Love. Okay, for some reason I thought you referenced Big Magic, but this TED Talk turned into the Big Magic book. Um, but she oh, talks yes, about I have, I have. Yeah, keep going. 
Yeah. Well, she, she talks a little bit about the, the after, you know, once you have this moment of source, God, universe, whatever you want to call it, go through you. Cause that's what genius is, is something outside of yourself. But we, but as artists, we've, we've turned this word into it's, we are genius. Like we are that identity of genius, but how it's actually this entity outside of ourselves goes through us and, and how that's actually led to a lot of um, mental instability for a lot of artists because they identify if I, if the genius wasn't there that day, then it's me, right? They, but then if the genius was there, then it can build up the ego and, and it just turns into this power struggle. But how, you know, afterwards, after genius is gone, yeah, what do we do after that? How do we, how do we continue on? And she talks about her book, Heat, Pray, Love, of like, my best work is behind me. <laughs> what do I do now? It's a, it's a good TED Talk. Yeah, yeah, I remember that now. It's, it's been a little, it's been a moment. But so um, I just like want to put in another idea in there into the mix, which is, it's not from outside of us. It's actually from within us, but it's not our ego. It's yeah. like, well, she's talking about source. Yeah. Yeah. So connecting, that's kind of like, I've thought so much about that recently. Um, yeah. I mean that there, and then, um, so my, my name, Abigail, I went by Abby for years and now I'm going by Abigail, um, because it means source of joy. Mm, nice. And, or, I mean, so source or like, father so like avi or avi like um that's one of the meanings or obviously like etymologically etymologically um <laughs> you know have lot has lots of meanings but um father or source and um joy of joy but and then i wrote this prayer and then i it's this sort of like idea of duality right that if you're mm-hmm. not one thing you're the other thing yeah. Uh, but but that actually you can be both things um, mm-hmm. when you're not in this sort of dualistic, um, when you're not sort of surrendering to this entirely dualistic world, that there, that, that um, you are source, like you are connected to source. And like, by definition of being humans, we need to, we need to be limited we need to, our existence is, you know, within limited terms. We are, there's certain parts of source that is not that, you know, I am not black haired. I don't have black hair. I have red hair, you know, and then that by nature makes me not, you know, by having red hair, I have, I, I have not red hair mm-hmm. or I, I, I don't have other colors. Right. Um, but you know, there is, but the, you know, the spiritual practice, the experience of joy being fully in the present moment is a sort of like, I feel like the acceptance of being in the moment is a practice of unity consciousness, mm-hmm. is, a, is the practice of surrendering to, to divine source within yourself at all times, that you are connected um and i mean i'm sure that's part of what she's talking about is like is the trust being able to sit in the trust of the present moment to allow your creative um force to to come through in in any moment and to trust that um and to not like abide within judgment a judgmental state 
that to trust that, you know, um, that the process of creating one book after your like gold standard book right. is where it needs to be, you know, and, and then there is wisdom in that as well. Yeah. Um, even if it's not as like widely read or not as widely acclaimed or, you know, that to trust that wherever you are right now is, is exactly where you need to be. Yeah. You know, and that, that practice of trust um, and sitting within the trust or the joy of every moment or however you want um, to put it or like whatever high vibrational state, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're going to put on it is like, is that, you are, you have that connection inherent in your fabric of your being. Yeah. You, you know, and that the belief that I'm, so I'm just going to get back to like, I wrote this prayer, the source of joy, source of joy. I now surrender to your wisdom and open the portal for you to work through me. Mm. And I, I wrote a song. It was like, Source of joy, I now surrender to your wisdom and open the portal for you to work through me. And then you can just repeat that and it's this beautiful sort of like little you know, but then I, I started like seeing, I was like you, me, I don't have, you have. And and then I started thinking like, well, that is my name. I am Abigail. That's me. I am the source of joy within my life. Mm -hmm. And, it's, and, and the, the, the kicker is that it's not ego. The kicker is that you, I don't own that. It's everywhere. Yeah. It's within me. It's within you. It's within everything that connects the two of us. It's within the air between us. It's on the internet. It's, on the, you know, it's within the, whatever the, whatever connects us on Zoom. Yeah. You know, and it's, and it's that, it's like, you do not own this joy. Yeah. You do not own this book. You do not own this other book that was written after it, that was um, agreed by critics to not be as good as the other one, you know, <laughs> like, it, and it's not like, and it's not just, you know, Jesus Christ. And it's not just, you know, we could get there, but we don't have to go down that rabbit hole. It's not just Allah. It's not just Jesus. It's like, it's all connected. Yeah. It's all, all the religions are right, you know, in some way. Um, except that, you know, that it's only my religion is right. Like that's, yeah. and we could, that's a whole nother thing, but, you know, it's all connected. It's all it is true in different levels of concealment and revelation. Yeah. Um, you know, like you, Phoebe has the unique ability to bring forth Phoebe's truth. And that there are, you know, we all need Phoebe's truth. Um, yeah, I love our names because I'm the goddess of the moon. So I bring darkness to the light. Ooh. So isn't that interesting that we were given those two names and our like stories are about embodying that. It sounds like you really have come to this full fruition of, you know, hearing those messages of outside in, outside in. And now it's like, oh, yes, I get it through, through your name. But you were given uh, to be here in this world. So that's really beautiful. 
Yeah, I first started thinking about that with Rebecca Campbell, who does a beautiful, um, she has many books that I've read, um, um, you know, that I really, that have really helped me a lot, but the, the etymology, what is the etymology of your name? Mm-hmm. You know, have you looked into the, yeah. and then I know that that was so important when you gave up your last name to, yes. and Kate stepped into Leona. Yeah, the you lioness. Know, yeah, lions. I'm, I'm a Leo by the, in the <laughs> Western astrology. I, I so identify with lions and I have big hair and I love lions. And I've always resonated <laughs> That's with- That's why we're sisters. Yeah, I, I have a little mini lion that has the same color of my hair that I call, she's a little kitty. That's uh, like a little, a little lion, mini lion. So cute. Yeah. So we should probably start to wrap it up because we have to go and perform soon. But I want to hear a little bit about what you, so you said you're about to launch your website in a probably maybe around the time that this comes live, I'm guessing. So we'll put that information in the show notes. And so what are you, so what is it, how can people be with you? Uh, yeah, so hopefully by the time you hear this or very, very soon after, yeah. we have the Abigom website. So it's, um, you know, from Abigail yeah. to Abigom. So Abigom, A-U-M, the primordial sound of the universe, vibration, mm-hmm. the universe, the organizational force of the universe. Um. There are many spellings, but it's, it's, um, so I've been uh, using that as my um, healing uh, name, Abigom. So you can find me at also Abigail um, abigom.com okay. uh, once that's up. And then also I'm under the same name on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, I have a professional Facebook page, Abigom. Okay. Um, and then I also have, I think it's Abigail Abigom <laughs> on, on YouTube. It's the YouTube channel. You can find um, both songs that I've written during this time and sound um, meditation clips from live streaming sound meditations that I've done since Corona. Yeah, I've done a couple of them. And, and we have you also on our Nomad and Beyond page too from the global festival. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was such a beautiful collection of amazing souls. We're gonna do it again. Well, we're doing it again in our own special way here now. So that's wonderful. And you're going to, you said you're doing a longer form of the sound meditation soon. Yeah, so they say, um, Stephen Cope who ran who ran Kripalu for years, um, was also a classically trained pianist. So I resonated with him. I read his book on uh, finding your Dharma, finding your true purpose. And um, he said that, you know, finding your Dharma, you can have several Dharmas in, yeah. in a lifetime, right? So I was definitely a classical music uh, singer. And not that I'm not anymore, because I still am. Mm-hmm. But um, that finding your Dharma or experiencing your Dharma on... Um, in the first time often feels like falling in love. So mm-hmm. when I first went to sound meditation at Womb downtown um, on the Bowery in New York City, I was like on another planet. <laughs> experience of sound meditation, like non-dual states, unity consciousness, all of it. It's all like, so it was so amazing. It hit me like a rock mm-hmm. or like a big ohm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and I was like, this is it. This is it. And that 
that form was is a three hour sound meditation. So mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to give people that experience as much as possible in their own home and the safety mm-hmm. of their own home. Cause it, it really can be so immersive when you're putting really nice headphones on and it's mm-hmm. creative. We're, we're mixing it. My husband, I'm so lucky. Yeah. The amazing gift that he can do that. Awesome. Uh, that he knows a lot about sound and we have lots of beautiful mics and um, we have a, we have the gong and we have the singing balls and we have my voice and we have the shruti box and we have uh, the Koshi chimes and ocean drum and, um, and, you know, each sound meditation has a, has a focus and this one coming up on October 2nd is the power of presence. So um, I'm really looking forward to it. And, you know, you can really, it's almost in a way, you know, it's sort of like, how can we look at this time as a gift, right? And you've mentioned this several times in this last hour. How can we see, how can we use this opportunity in this moment to see the gift that we have Mm -hmm. in this Corona time, you know? Um, And the gift at least in terms of sound meditation, is that we can practice certain kinds of practices at home in a deeper way than we could in a group setting. Um, and it, you, can, you can feel that collective consciousness. You can feel the group. You can feel it mm-hmm. um, when we're live and we're together. You can definitely feel it. It's different than if you were you know, next to each other and listening to each other breathe together and listening to each other you know, do that embodiment practices and, and the humming together in the room. But, but you can, the benefit, the gift of that is that you can release your voice if you're not, a, mm-hmm. you know, if you're not used to be feeling comfortable. Yeah. You can allow yourself to go to different places that you might not allow yourself to go in a group setting where you don't necessarily know everybody in the room yeah, and, and you get to be in your own home where it is safe you feel you can look around and see things that are familiar yeah exactly yeah, that's beautiful oh i'm looking forward to that october 2nd cool. yeah oh man awesome all right and anything else that you want to share before we say goodbye and head up to new pulse yeah so um you know i'm just really i'm so i feel so I feel so lucky, you know, I feel so filled with gratitude to be able to, to have found ourselves in front of Zoom in this moment, you know, <laughs> that, you know, just to have, just by going, like doing the next thing, doing what is needed now, you know, doing operating moment to moment, following, you know, my truth from Corona. And I feel like that, you know, being able to go that deeper to that deeper place like what you said like feeling so much more grounded now yeah being able to go to that deeper place on a daily basis and to honor the inner truth is what has brought us to this place right now yeah you know and then that moment of joy yeah yeah yay so (laughs) i just wanted to say thank you and to express my my gratitude for all the beautiful history that we have created and, and actually a short, such a short time. Yeah, we've created it all virtually. Yes. 
And now we get to be in person and create something in person, which I'm really excited about. We'll be reading uh, Gisela Strohmeyer, who's also been a guest here on the podcast. She has this beautiful book of poetry just like that. And uh, yeah, you'll be singing and I'll be dancing and we'll have other people that are in our lives and doing the same, reading and singing and playing music and dancing. And oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. Do you mind if I read this very short poem to end sure. with? Let's close it. Yeah, let's close so, it. So this is... Um, like a drop, mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is by Gisela Strohmeyer. And I'm going to be um, improvising my version of this. It's called... Okay. that Tonight. It's called Holy. H-O-L-Y. Whatever it is that makes us larger, opens us more to our true nature, to our wisdom and deeper love, is something so precious and holy in itself. It will slowly mend our holes of sadness, aloneness, and despair, and make us whole. Nice. Whole as in (laughs) (laughs) W-H-O-L-E. We need the visuals. Yeah. That's so funny. Uh, I thought it was the poem that I'm going to be dancing to, but it's not. It's something along those lines, though. I'm not going to read it right now, but it is, it is some, let me just read the title of it. Such longing in that, in us for that holy place. So maybe we can uh, go back to back with that. Totally. Cool. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much, Abigail. Yeah, I'm really grateful for this connection. And I know that this is just the beginning and, and I appreciate the gift that has brought, you know, that has brought us together here. And like I said, we'll just keep going and experiencing joy. My mantra for 2019 was move with joy, but it seems like it just keeps humming us all along, even in the midst of the crazy 2020. <laughs> um, yeah. So. We will see clearly when we hit 2020. Yes. Yeah. 2020 vision. The veil is lifted. Yes. Yes. That's actually this week that, I know, just kidding. I can't say anything yet. Never mind. Okay. Dot, that, dot, dot. That's, that's coming up in, in, a, in a meditation soon. So anyways. Yeah, awesome. Well, so stay tuned for your meditation to see clearer. Yes. All right. We'll have a beautiful one. I will see you shortly and uh, we'll close this up. Thank you. Thank you so much.